0: Coming up on this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society, 19 years later, we're back to finish what we started. It's dangerous to go alone, so the Nintendo Cartridge Society goes with ya. Welcome to Nintendo Cartridge Society. My name is Patrick Ellers, and I am joined as I am always joined on this beautiful Nintendo E3 Direct Day by my co-host, Mark Mitchell. Mark, how's it going? It's
1: going so good. I am so excited to talk about this. Um, Man, this felt like, to me, a proper E3 presentation.
0: Yes, which I feel like we were hurting for. Like We were seeing a, a number of presentations that were like, I mean, I just keep going back to the Capcom presentation. It's so weird. Where they told us exactly what they were going to show. And we were like, "Mm, they're only just talking about games that are already out or games that will be out like next week. So like they must mean something else. Uh, But they didn't. They meant exactly what they said. Speaking of saying exactly what you mean, my copy of Sonic Forces, would you like to borrow it? This is my copy of Sonic Forces for the Nintendo Switch. You can get on the list to do so. All you have to do is email us at Nintendo Society at gmail.com and give us a mailing address. This mailing address will be an address where we can mail my copy of the game. It'll go to that address. Uh, it costs you nothing. There's a return address, uh, return addressed envelope, already stamped. That costs you nothing. It's the perfect borrowing program.
1: You might, uh, yes, happen to get Untitled Goose Game instead of. Sonic Forces, but here's the thing: you can't control
0: it. No one can, except for me. But I'm really more administering the will of the program. Yep. Than I am controlling it. Uh, another thing you can do is you can leave us a five star review on Apple Podcasts
1: or wherever you get your podcast. Uh, it helps people find the show. It makes Patrick and I feel good about ourselves. Every you get your, uh, you can use it as like a writing credit on IMDb if you want. I think that's true.
0: IMDb, probably. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I said what I meant.
0: Ah, uh, very good. Um, well, no, I feel like there was a great transition there, and now I've forgotten everything you said because I was trying to cue up the music.
1: <laughs> the music continues to haunt
0: us. Oh my gosh! All right, well, Mark, look, let us uh, tarry no further because we've got a Nintendo Direct to discuss. Let's do it. E3 2021 baby. Woo. woo! Hail
1: the Conquering Heroes.
0: Hey, we can sing together again. <laughs> um, yes. Uh very nice to see a Nintendo Direct followed by several hours of uh, Treehouse Live. It felt like proper E3 to me.
1: Yeah, uh, absolutely. It was it was so nice to have that kind of like sense of normalcy around this whole thing.
0: Which isn't to imply that this was a perfect presentation by any means, no. or that we got like uh, a ton of uh, blow us away uh, announcements. But hey, but that's what a Nintendo Direct is. <laughs>
1: Absolutely. I, th- that's a good point though, Patrick. Perhaps we should take our temperatures on how we felt about this Direct. Um, on a scale from 1 to 10, 10 being the best, how are you feeling?
0: So like 10 being the best theoretical nintendo director yes, yeah okay. yeah
1: not uh the best nintendo direct that has ever like actually happened but like your dream My, Nintendo right direct right, right, right. 10.
0: uh like an eight like yeah, a seven I think it's, or an I eight think it's like, like pretty a really high solid, like eight the yeah.
1: one uh we're gonna run down everything that happened in this direct in an excruciating detail and i i don't want to in no way am i looking a gift direct in the mouth but i will say that i left this a presentation i enjoyed very much feeling like i wanted just one more kind of like meaty new announcement.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we are in that place in the Zelda release or the Zelda pre-release cycle where we are too far away from it to um, too far away from the release set, like know anything about it or getting you like real deep dives. Um, but we are also deep enough into the process that like we have expectations. Um, so when they show us a trailer with like some cool stuff that we can kind of pick apart, Um, it's fun, but you're like, I want more. And they're like, there is no more. (laughs) And that's just, that's just the space we find ourselves in. Yes. Yes. Um, this Nintendo Direct, uh, uh, approximately 40 minutes, 38 minutes and 50 seconds showed off a bunch of games. I didn't count them all. Um, and, uh, was hosted by Shinya Takahashi and Yoshiaki uh, Koizumi. Um, and then way at the end, um, Eiji Aonuma showed up to uh, sort of punch in with a couple little um, things about Zelda. But other than that, like, the human element was uh, sort of missing from this. They didn't really do, like, developer, uh, like, talking heads or anything like that. No,
1: which I did not miss. But there nope. was also no, there was no, like, cute skit. There was nothing really. It was just kind of like, right. hey, we're getting right into it, which I appreciated. Although, you know, as we talked about in our E3 Memories episode, I enjoy when they do things that are very like specifically nintendo like i don't tune into the microsoft conference and expect there to be puppets
0: right, right but right. like
1: nintendo sometimes does that and so that's they did they it do.
0: once they did it once and everyone talks about it
1: <laughs> but, like uh, in 2019 whatever year it was yeah that doug bowser became president of nintendo that was probably earlier than 2019 you know they did like a thing where Bowser, the Nintendo character, was also on right, screen. Like, yes. All that kind of stuff. None of that this year. Just like right down into hey, you want to see some games? Here's some games.
0: Yeah, which, uh, you know, welcome. Um, and uh, so a couple of the points that they hit right up at the top that I wanted to uh, uh, draw upon. Um, first is that the Switch is now in its fifth year. Wild. Which is surreal because um, we've been doing the show dur- for the entirety of the Switch's uh, lifespan plus uh, a couple months. Um, and then they also emphasized that the Switch is being played by a wide variety of players, uh, and like specifically emphasize different uh, levels of experience. That is a home for both casual players and for like hardcore gaming types. Which I think is a we knew that was sort of like part of the Switch's strategy from the beginning. Um, but it's it's interesting to see that they are recognizing that and developing for that. It's right? also something
1: that we've heard them kind of, like, hit on in the past in their in these, like, presentations or Nintendo Directs in general, where they're like, hey, here's something for everyone, Yeah, and, like, we hope you find something for
0: you in this. Um... I think the difference now is that uh, it's almost the correction back to, like, uh, to being less about the casual players. Not, not that there aren't um, good, friendly, like, casual, like, games in, in this lineup, um, but it almost seemed like they were saying, like, don't worry, hardcore people. We we got you
1: totally. And that's what I meant. Like, I feel like the messaging has changed from the Wii era significantly, where it yeah. was like it's for everyone, is in like everyone can play together. To there's something for everyone. There's something yeah. for different types of for every type of taste. So it's like no matter what type of gamer you are, like we are offering something on Switch that appeals to you.
0: Uh, so the very first thing that we get here is, of course, the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate DLC character reveal of Ka- uh, Kaz- Kazuya? Yeah, so Kazuya?
1: I, I, I wrote it out phonetically for yeah. myself because I knew that we were going to be saying it. And I, uh, I was reading it all wrong until like Sakurai comes on and s- says, uh, Kazuya. So I think that's how you pronounce it.
0: He's one of the main guys from Tekken. Um, not a character that I have much uh, familiarity with. Um, But I don't know. I feel like this just puts him in the same uh, bucket as, like, Terry Bogart. Like, a a character that you know is a staple in a, you know, long-running fighting game franchise. Um, And so, yeah, whatever. Pop him in there. It's fine. Yeah. Sakurai shows up being like, hey, we haven't filmed
1: the Sakurai Presents yet. But uh, look below to see when it's going to be presented. And so the full presentation is going to be June 28th at 7 a.m. Pacific time. That's when we'll get the full blowout. Uh, And I thought this was a good way to start the presentation, kind of just like check in the box.
0: We know it's coming, uh, and we know we're going to get more information. There was a split second where I was worried we were going to get too much information about this character, because they did, I mean, first of all, there's a a cute, like, trailer, or a character reveal video where uh, Kazuya is, like, throwing his defeated opponents into a volcano. Um, and the last one that he tries to throw in there is Kirby, and Kirby just, like, floats away. It's very cute. Um, but, uh, yeah, and then there's, like, a, a, a little clip of uh, all of his moves, yeah. Um, which started to feel, just, <laughs> just for a split second, like it was going to be an in-depth dive.
1: Whenever there's a Nintendo Direct, and they tell us how long it's going to be, I'm yes. always watching the clock during the trailers that I, have like, been kind of losing interest in, because the, like, seeing every move for a new character in Smash Brothers is just something that like I personally do not care that much about. And so when I you know, I was like I this trailer was going on. Looking at the clock, we're like five minutes into a forty minute presentation. Yeah, you're like, Oh you're no, like beginning to sweat a little bit, but they, they didn't linger too long.
0: Um so yeah, we will get more information about that in just a couple of weeks. Um and then I expect the character to be released like later that day, probably. Yeah. Um, which is exciting. It means that uh, this was the only character, Smash character, that was revealed. Um, so we have one left. Uh, one still dangling out there. Uh, we don't know when, we don't know who. Um, but yeah, just one last piece of Smash Brothers content out there. Uh, next was the, the pairing of Life is Strange Remastered Collection and Life is Strange True Colors, which are both coming to Switch. Um, did we know about this or was it like rumored in some way? We did.
1: So I think True Colors was, I I don't know about the remastered part, but True Colors, I think was shown off in the May, in the March, Nintendo Direct. Oh, okay. So, or one of the partner showcases, but we definitely knew that it was coming to Switch before. Um, I think this is the first time that we had heard Life is Strange remastered collection was coming as well.
0: Yeah. So True Colors is coming out on, um, September 10th and the remastered collection will be available. Later this year. Um, so I assume later than September tenth. Um, although I guess they just said later this year, which could just be uh that could be August. Yeah, it could be yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, the, these are uh, you know, sort of um telltale like uh, narrative um games, uh with not a lot of like, you know, active gameplay elements, but uh just like fun interactive stories. Um they looked kinda good. Like they showing the gameplay footage. Um they performed better than i was expecting to expecting them to um on switch
1: well the first one is a playstation 4 game i want to say because i remember playing the demo for it at like the first e3 i went to in like 2015 or something like that um so but there are
0: a lot of playstation 4 games i wouldn't expect my switch to be able to play yeah
1: yeah yeah that's fair that's fair that's fair
0: um next up was marvel's guardians of the galaxy which we saw shown off at the uh, square enix conference a couple days ago um and i have a note here that says wow um and then uh mark wrote in our uh our show notes it's the cloud version i know
1: well when we talked about this earlier today yeah with that this game was like the one game coming out of the square enix conference that was like oh this looks really fun like this looks really cool And then, so to see it in the Nintendo presentation, I was totally surprised. I was like, whoa, like this thing. And there was no mention that it was the cloud version. And then later it came out that that is how it's not running natively on Switch. It is the cloud version, Um, which is okay by me. I have not played like a full game using the cloud version, but I did the demo for Control. And the process for me was like super smooth. So I I could see myself picking it up this way um especially because it is like it's cheaper than buying it digitally you know what i mean is it it is like it's not the full 60 bucks or at least i don't think control was well I but i mean control
0: like, was a game that was uh, coming out like a year or two after its initial release this is day and date yeah that's true i have no idea what this is going to be priced at i tell you what uh there's no way i'm gonna play this game on switch if i play <laughs> it i'm gonna play it on uh on playstation um but you know that's just uh, normal kind of stuff. Normal kind of stuff there. So yeah, for there was a split second where I was super impressed by this, um, and then Mark, you had to dash my hopes. Tell me it's a cloud version.
1: It makes sense though. It does yeah. make sense. It's a cloud version. Up next was Worms Rumble, which is an arena shooter with thirty-two player, uh, thirty-two player multiplayer. Comes out June twenty-third, so not very long at all. Whenever I see Worms, I have not played a bunch of the Worms games. Whenever I see it, I think a friend of the show, Greg Smith. Um, Yes, Who I think of as a big worm head.
0: Uh, And uh, again, just needs to be reiterated, we are not scared of Greg Smith. No. We're not not bringing up Worm's Rumble on this podcast to appease him in any way. Uh, We will not be bullied by Greg Smith. Uh, Then uh, we're just kind of pounding through some of these kind of throwaway ones, which they went through pretty quickly. Um, But there's Astria Ascending, which is a turn-paced. Turn-based, hand-painted RPG. This
1: one is so weird to me in the sense that I watched this presentation um, twice before we recorded. Yes. And I still do not remember anything about this. I think I lost interest both times when this was, like, going on and, like, looked away and was doing something else. And it's
0: only on screen for, like, 11 seconds. So, like, you, you can be forgiven. Um, and then Two Point Campus, which is a—it's, um, like, the, in the same series as Two Point Hospital— which is just like a uh, management simulator. But instead of a hospital, this is a university um, and it is coming out uh, next year was the, the release window that they had for it.
1: Up next, they did a little tease. I don't think
0: purposefully. No, uh, but
1: to crank yank the uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Donkey Kong folks, but there was a moment where they're like, Hey, we're like celebrating the anniversary of this monkey. And it's the 20th anniversary, and you're like, okay, you're well, like, the math well, doesn't really right. like, yeah, add Kong up. was Country?
0: But, Would that be right? But,
1: no. you know, they kind of draw it out a little bit. 2001, a Space Odyssey parody. Mm-hmm. But it is not Donkey Kong. We're talking about Super Monkey Ball is celebrating its 20th anniversary, and Super Monkey Ball Banana Mania is coming to Switch on October 5th.
0: Uh, and Banana Mania is a modern HD remaster of Super Monkey Ball, Super Monkey Ball 2, and Super Monkey Ball Deluxe. Um, they did show kind of like a sizzle reel of all the Super Monkey Ball games. So there was a, uh, a brief period there where I was confused, Mark. I didn't know what we were looking at. Is Banana Mania all the games? Is it a new game? Uh, turns out it's a remaster of three Monkey Ball games.
1: This is a franchise that I am not super
0: into. Great point. I have very little familiarity with them. Although, like, I always hear that they're good. So, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I have very little to say about this one. Um, But, Mark, let's talk about the next announcement because this feels like uh, the next big, like, um Nintendo first party thing.
1: Yeah, this is probably the first announcement in the presentation where I was like, oh, this, like, has the potential to be interesting.
0: Yes, we are talking, of course, about Mario Party Superstars, which is coming out October 29th. Um, so uh, I initially had a kind of negative reaction to this uh, because I was like, "What? why isn't this just... Because it's, it's a, a collection of uh, classic minigames and uh, game boards from the first three um, Mario Party games on the Nintendo 64. And I was like, why isn't that, why aren't we just adding content to the uh, uh, Super Mario Party as it exists right now? Because it is, in some ways, feature bare, right? There are only four maps in that. um, And, like, it only recently got updated with online play, which this thing also boasts. Um, And so there was a second where I was like, this is sort of crummy. But the more I dug into what the game actually is, the more I was like, oh... This is their online, like, this is the one where they're standardizing it so everyone can play it, and everyone can play it online.
1: Yeah, I think that's the really important point, because, and they mention it in the presentation, but just kind of briefly, and so it's easy to, it's easy to kind of, like, miss as the big deal that I think it is, but um, you're able to play all of the minigames in Super Mario Party Superstars with button controls. Which yes, means it percent Which means you can play it on a Nintendo Switch Lite. You can play it um on pro controllers. Pro controllers, like all that kind of stuff. Whereas Super Mario Party, you could only play with Joy-Con.
0: Yes. Which means that uh you know, obviously a lot of people are uh locked out of it from just like the way they the the Switch they have. Like if you have a Switch Lite, you basically can't play that game. Uh the original Super Mario Party. Um and if you just prefer to play you know, with two Joy Cons uh, together on the on the grip, like even that's not not part of the gameplay. Every player uses a single Joy Con in the original Super Mario Party, and this was like just way more. Feels like standardizing it, right? Of like everyone has buttons, so it's just going to be all button controls.
1: But I I also think like the online yeah Super Mario Party did just get an online update yeah but online feels like um it was thought of from the beginning for this game uh so you can online match with strangers if you're uh, playing with friends you can save your progress mid-game and you can like communicate with stickers so if you aren't if you don't have like a voice chat going
0: yeah which i mean all, all and if you're playing with strangers like that seems like the preferred way anyway is just communicate with stickers um yeah i mean this sounds sort of great and like there is the, still the part of me that's like, man, I wish we could have just, like, fixed Super Mario Party. Um, but in some ways, it seems like they're just like, no, forget that thing. Like, this is the Mario Party now. And I, I, I think it's a, a great move.
1: I uh, have not played a lot of Mario Party in my life. Yeah. But I was watching the um, Treehouse Live segment for Mario Party. and Those folks were having so much fun. They were having fun. It made me want to have that much fun. Like, I'm yeah. like, maybe I need to get into this game. Because they were having a blast.
0: Well, and I mean, did did you ever play the uh, original Mario Parties on Nintendo sixty four?
1: We rented it occasionally from like Blockbuster or something, but I never owned it. Like I never put a ton of time into it. Yeah,
0: uh, I I believe I owned the first one and then rented a, a couple of the other ones, probably also from Blockbuster. Um, but yeah, it it'll be fun to like revisit a lot of those um ideas. I am a little bummed out that there's only five uh game boards on here. That doesn't seem like enough, one of my complaints with the original, or with Super Mario Party, is that there are only four maps in there. So, like, one more is more, but it's not, it's still not a lot.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting that if they're taking mini games from, like, all three games, Yeah. Then, although I guess I actually have no context for how many maps, like, the original Super Mario like yeah. Mario Party's had.
0: Yeah, yep. Nope, I don't remember either, so uh, we will move on to okay so the the ne- next portion is the metroid portion which starts with a metroid prime 4 shout out we're still working on metroid prime 4 you know it's not ready yet so like they don't even really they're just like don't worry that's still out there. Right, right yeah uh, we don't even get a logo <laughs> um but then leads directly into a trailer for metroid 5 um and at the end of the trailer, it's revealed that the the name of it is Metroid Dread. Mark, I shouted. I shouted I when I saw Dread. I
1: everything about this. Yes. Um, I loved that when the trailer began, it was Metroid 5. Because I, for whatever reason, have really just wanted a Metroid 5. Like, just give us the next chapter yep. they're delivering. When I they ca- called it Metroid Dread, I was also so, like... Shocked and happy, yeah. Because um, the story of Metroid Dread, I, I'm surprised—not surprised. I'm pleased that they used that name. It makes me feel like Sakamoto really has been holding on to this idea, or like, yes. uh, has really wanted to do this idea for 15 years at this point. Um, because in to, like 2005-ish, in the Nintendo DS era, there was an official Nintendo list of software that was coming to the Nintendo DS. And Metroid Dread was listed on there. And that's the only time that, that code name has ever been brought up, other than in uh, the third Metroid Prime game, there's kind of like a Easter egg that also mentions, mentions Dread. And later Retro was like, oh no, 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 that was just an Easter egg. But But now we're there. But now we're there. And they are Metroid Dread lives. Uh, I can't wait. I'm so excited. This looks so cool.
0: Well, and the thing that's so rad about this, there are, are several things that are rad about it, but it, it all goes in this, like, um the uni- the pieces of the universe lining up in a way that makes sense, in a way that, like, Nintendo seldom gives us, right? Like, if you think Nintendo's gonna do one thing, they are simply not going to do that. They're gonna do something else. Um, However, here, like, this is Metroid Dread. This is a game that, as you said, uh, has been sort of, like, quietly shelved for the last like 15 years and is now like coming out again but this is also coming out of mercury steam the development company that did the remake of metroid 2 samus returns um which at the time there was so much talk about like oh this has got to be like a test for them right Right. like give them a, a game to remake and then they can make their own like brand new 2d metroid and it's one of those things where you're like That makes too much sense. Don't put any stock in that. And here, so here are two separate threads coming together to actually give us a long lost game by the developer that's basically designed to make it. Yeah, it's unreal.
1: It is unreal, and it's also like it's fun for me. I feel like with Metroid Prime Four, all that kind of stuff, we have spent so much time in Samus's past. Yes. Um, since Metroid Fusion, and so to finally get that next chapter in her story is really exciting. Also, totally, totally, totally crazy to me, two things. One, that this is being touted as like the last, the final chapter. So cool, yes. Um, And then the second thing that is crazy to me is that not counting Samus Returns and also not counting Other M because I guess since it's not entirely side-scrolling, that's how they're getting around it. Um, It's been 19 years since the last uh, original 2D side-scrolling Metroid game, which truly is an entire, like, literal generation of human beings who have not uh, played, like, a Metroid game like this, who are probably way more familiar with Metroidvania games, like, indie Metroidvania games that Super Metroid is the basis for. And so, like, like... I think for a lot of people, Samus is probably like Captain Falcon is to me, where it's like, oh, okay, like, this character that I know is from this franchise, but I don't have any like personal connection because I have not played games in that franchise a bunch. And so that's kind of mind-blowing to me. So when they were like, walking through the history of Samus, the history of Metroid, it really makes you appreciate, yeah, because it has been 20 years, almost two decades since the last time this happened.
0: Yeah, it's it's just it's just incredible. And this in, in all of this, uh, we're not talking about like the game itself, right? Um, which appears to uh take a lot of its identity from um Samus Returns, um, and all of the uh, sort of additions that Mercury Steam put into that game, which are the the sort of like melee combat where it's like counters, um, and even some like not counter moves that seemed like uh, Samus was doing uh like sort of physical melee attacks. Uh, and the free aiming as well,
1: yeah, but it, it seems like from the gameplay that they showed that because a lot of samus returns was um and I think it was kind of by virtue of the control scheme and only having the one like circle pad on the three d s that a lot of samus returns was you walk, you stop, you counter, you do combat, and then you move on, yeah, and it seems like they've taken they've paid a lot of attention, including like adding a new like slide move to making combat more like something that happens in motion instead of, like, a something where you just have to, like, stop and hold still for it.
0: Um, Which is super exciting and uh, means that, like, the whole pace of the game is just, like, bumped up. And the the whole thing, it seems like, uh, not all the time, obviously, but there is a, a constant presence that's sort of stalking Samus throughout. Um, which is uh, called M-E-E-M-M-I. Yeah.
1: And it's these robots that are kind of like dog-like, little bird-like. And I have to tell you, this is the one part of it.
0: I'm a little stressed out already. That I'm not yeah.
1: sold on. Um, it reminds me kind of like uh, Mr. X from Resident Evil. Or Nemesis, or Nemesis. from Resident um, Evil. It's, it reminds me a little bit of like the, oh man, uh, what are is it songbird whatever the uh the or no the little or big sisters from like BioShock 2 the big but, big brothers right no, no, sorry BioShock 2 had like yeah, oh, a, sorry. like a big yeah. sister character i think that's what it was but um anyways it in that way it kind of feels like a mechanic from 15 years ago or 10 years ago uh, that it has been held over but i am willing to see how it plays out in theory these are not like my favorite type of enemies, but um, it could be cool.
0: I mean, there is a little bit of, uh, cause there's there's one of those in uh, Metroid Fusion as well, right? Like the uh, Parasite, the X version of Samus that's like walking around. You do that's have true. to, it, it does stalk you a little bit. Not quite as actively as it looks like the Emmy is. Um, but I, I know they, they were saying, um, or uh, what, what's the uh, the, uh, the Metroid guy's name? Sakamoto. Sakamoto. Um, was saying in one of their like uh, uh, interview things that they aired during the Treehouse um, that uh, one of the reasons that they weren't able to make this game when they originally wanted to was that the technolo- they didn't have the technology to realize it. Um, and I was like, that must just be the AI for the That's stalker what character, right? I too.
1: He also said, which again, I thought was really interesting kind of how like uh, open and transparent they were about the history of this game. He also said like and then after that like we tried again to make mm-hmm. it and it didn't and we like it, it didn't work out. And so this is kind of like the third attempt at bringing Metroid Dread to life, which is again like so interesting to hear Nintendo doesn't really talk about that kind of stuff very much. And the whole way that it was couched with like the beginning with uh, Sakamoto just giving this interview talking about Metroid Dread, talking about Metroid and Samus in general, and then finding out that this is kind of like the end of her story. In whatever that means,
0: right? Well, the end of her relationship to the Metroids, yeah, is specifically what they're referring to.
1: Yeah. So it just it does definitely feel like the end of something, and yeah, you, even if that is like Sakamoto's like involvement with Metroid, it because this feels just from that presentation, I got the sense like this is his kind of like last hurrah. Yeah. With it.
0: This is this is a Metroid Ultimate is is what what we're getting here. Um. So, uh, there was also, uh, revealed, uh, a two-pack of Amiibo, uh, featuring Samus and the, uh, the Emmy, um, and then also, uh, later during the Treehouse, a, uh, special collector's edition. Ooh, so good. Um, which, you know, comes with a, uh, bookcase case and some, like, cards that show the, um, the other, uh, 2D Metroid games and, like, an art book, um, all of these things went up for uh, pre-order on, on various uh, retailers. I don't know if they ever went live on Amazon, um, but uh, this, uh, if, if, if you were plugged into any of the, like, uh, pre-order stuff today, um, this was one of the most impossible things to, like, lock down. Both the, the special edition and the Amiibos were available for seconds.
1: Well, you know, like, I generally am not, like, a collector of uh, special editions. Yeah. I'm not a collector of Amiibo. But I think there were people probably like me who were, like, E3 drunk, where you're just high yes. on, like, the adrenaline of a new presentation. So you're like, yeah, like, all right, let's do it. Let's go for it. I, I did not end up getting either of them. Um, but, man, there's something about that collector's edition. There's something about the colors in Metroid Dread yes. that, like, I think are really cool. I think Samus's outfit, like, her new really um, cool. armor yeah. is really cool. It's kind of like... uh um an iteration on, on what we saw in fusion and like a
0: little bit more of the gem tone kind yeah, of color.
1: yeah yeah like lots of white and yeah. like the collector's edition like looked really cool the cards for whatever reason like are really vibrant colors and it all like plays really well together the amiibo i'm not that crazy about like i think the pose for samus in the up close like artwork that they have it for on the box looks really cool but i feel like as a um, pose itself in the amiibo it just doesn't look that dynamic she's
0: like weirdly squatting and like pointing her uh, yeah i'm not sure if she's out. supposed
1: to be like rushing towards yeah the it's emmy not clear something but
0: and then the emmy itself uh you know we already expressed that this thing is probably going to stress us out so i'm like why do i want a toy of a thing that stresses me <laughs> out? um but so i i was able to secure the uh special edition uh, which I'm very excited about. I was definitely E3 drunk uh, when, uh, when, when I ordered it. And also just like high on the adrenaline of like, oh my God, I have it in my cart. Like, I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, and like the, the special editions now are going on, uh, the pre-orders are being resold on eBay for over $200. The
1: thing itself
0: is so expensive. It's, I feel like it's, it's yeah, like it's, almost it's $100. $90. Yeah. yeah, that's a lot. Um, and if you were to also get the Amiibo, uh that's $120. They're basically selling you the game twice <laughs> um if if you get everything. So, you know, it's it's a, it. it's a real skyward sword situation. Uh where if you want to get everything for it, it's what, 80 bucks for the uh the Joy-Con, yep. another twenty-five for the so that's up to 105 plus 60 for the game itself, $165. You're buying the game three times if you buy everything. Um But this thing's so cool. Uh I'm I'm so glad that it it's it's uh it's coming out. I can't believe Metroid Dread is real. I can't
1: either. I can't believe we're actually seeing it, and that it's coming so soon. October o- 8th. October 8th. Ugh. Not that long at all.
0: Um, incredible. Just, uh, just absolutely mind-blowing. Um, if, if there's ever, like, uh, we need a reference point for, like, what, what caliber of uh, Nintendo announcement is, like, an Earth Shatterer? Metroid Dread, for me. Like, that's it. We're there. We've done it. That's, that's Breath of the Wild 2. That's Odyssey 2. That's Mother 3. Like, we're there. That's
1: something The that, uh, it's difficult for me to express how the fact that they held on to the Dread name mm-hmm. all of these years. And after having to just show up that one time, it has yes. just tickled the imagination of Metroid fans for literally, like, tw- you know, like 15 years now. And so to have it come to fruition, there's something just really... Really fun about that,
0: yeah. As as a lifelong like Nintendo history dork, um, like it's just it's just very exciting. I would, Metroid Dread is here. It's coming out in October. We're gonna play it. It's a game, a real game that we can play. <sighs> and then they follow that up with Just Dance Twenty Twenty Two, coming out November Fourth. Um, this is a, a, a again the just sort of um uh, quick bullet points here. Uh, we got Cruisin' Blast which is this from the same people that did Cruisin USA?
1: I don't know cuz I who knows if that like yeah. if that publisher or developer even exists anymore. I will say I it like cr- the Cruisin name triggers such like happy memories to me as a kid. Totally. That the idea of like Cruisin Blast okay, like I might check that out. Like that could be fun.
0: Yeah, it's uh I got to say this was one of the games that uh like seeing it In this presentation, I was like, oh, that looks bad. Like, (laughs) It does not look as though it is performing at a a high enough Mm -hmm. level to be sold in 2021, but here we are. Um, And that is coming out uh, as a console exclusive uh, on the Switch this fall. Um, And then next up was Dragon Ball Z Kakarot, plus the uh, Power Awakens uh, set of DLC. Um, So that's just all of the uh, Dragon Ball Z Kakarot stuff coming out uh, September 24th on the Switch. Uh, and then back to Nintendo, uh, first party stuff, uh, Mario Golf Super Rush, coming out June 25th.
1: This looks fun. I... I that's just next week, isn't it? Yeah, it's like yeah, next Friday. Yeah, real soon. Real soon. So, um, I don't know if I plan to buy it, but what about you? Uh,
0: yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, it's, I, I'm excited by the idea of a golf game. Uh, for some reason, knowing that it's out in just, like, a week and a half, I'm like, oh, oh, no, I don't know if I'm ready for that. Yeah, but, I
1: don't, I don't yeah. yeah, and I feel like um, this is a game that I would want to play with people, and there are so many games like that that I never end up playing with people, and so, because, like, battle golf yeah. looks, or, like, speed golf, I can't, it looks, like, so much fun, those
0: multiplayer yeah. modes. there are two of them. There is both speed golf and battle golf.
1: And both look, like, fun. Uh, I feel like this is possibly the universe just being, like, I should just Invite friends to do things. Yes. <laughs> I, just, yeah. I don't really do that.
0: Uh. Yeah. Same. And it's also like just invite friends to come over. You don't even need the game. Yeah. You've got right. other games you can play with people. <laughs> um. And then sort of. Uh, oh. Uh. They they did mention that uh, the game will be uh, supported with free updates after after launch, including new courses and new characters. Uh, and they showed showed Mario uh golfing around New Donk City. So I assume that that's one of the new courses that they'll be. Uh, adding to the game after release
1: yeah i'm kind of just expecting now that this will get the same kind of support that mario tennis aces did like that kind of like year-long um cadence of every once in a while getting new characters and stuff uh to me that just feels like table stakes like i feel like that is what i expect from nintendo now yeah these types of games totally
0: yeah i mean it's exactly what we saw from mario tennis aces it's basically what we saw from splatoon which also got like paid dlc it's exactly what we saw from arms like it's, it's uh, pretty standard at this point. Um, then uh, also keeping it in the realm of games that we already know about and are coming out very soon, um, Monster Hunter Stories 2 Wings of Ruin, uh, which is coming out on July 9th, got another showing here, um, and uh, still a mention of the demo that's out on June 25th, uh, and you can carry your save data over from the demo to the full version of the game. One thing they mentioned here that I don't know if it had been mentioned before, but it probably has, but it was just the first time I noticed, um, was there a co-op multiplayer quests and battles, which is a very like regular Monster Hunter thing to do, uh, but I wasn't aware that they were bringing that functionality over to the turn-based Monster Hunter stories. Yeah,
1: me either. This game continues to look very cute, like very adorable to me.
0: I'm so glad there's this free demo because I will play this free demo. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. Now let's oh talk about the other announcement oh that warmed my heart so much in this presentation. Friends, we're getting another WarioWare game. Oh my God! Uh, WarioWare Get It Together is coming out September tenth. Uh, and WarioWare Get It Together to me exemplifies when Nintendo says like, "Oh, we um will make another one of these when we have like a new idea." Yes. This feels like that new idea in the way that it's the uh WarioWare micro games that you are familiar with, but with more like uh uh stuff
0: and with like a more specific twist
1: yeah like that's a great point a very specific take on those on it
0: and like I just want to pause here for a second because I feel like we're reaching uh we're reaching this very interesting point with a lot of Nintendo franchises and series where like Smash Ultimate or uh Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and what we thought was true of uh WarioWare Gold where it's like okay this is just a this is just the greatest, not just the greatest hits, but it's everything from the, the series. It is the ultimate, the complete version of, it's the platonic ideal of the franchise. Um, and where we have yet to see how Mario Kart or Smash Brothers will reinvent themselves. This is the reinvention of WarioWare.
1: Yes, and I couldn't be more excited. One of the things that I really liked about WarioWare Smooth Boobs on the Wii is even though it was, not a like multiplayer game in the sense that uh you could have two players playing at the same time. It was very much had this uh feeling of a party game and everybody could be in the room like enjoying it taking turns playing the micro games and doing the ridiculous moves. This game, this WarioWare game actually has co-op. It has yes. multiplayer, which is so much fun.
0: Um and I I, th- I th- let, let's drill into the like actual gimmick of this because it's so interesting to me. Um that instead of like playing the game as like a, you know, disembodied, like, you know, basically you normally play these games as the micro games as yourself, right? Right. Like you
1: are like the characters. Yeah. But you're playing everything kind of like as that character, like in the first person. So yeah, that's when you're right. playing the micro games, it's like pull the hair out of the guy's nose. It is you. Doing that using a stylus, using uh like a touchscreen, using whatever, using
0: a Wii remote, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, this is all you will be controlling members of the WarioWare cast, and each of them, each of them, every character has a different like set of moves and attributes um, that you have to take into consideration as you are trying to control them around this microgame to achieve whatever goals.
1: Yeah. So before you go into a level you pick like the three characters from the roster that you want to go with you. But what you aren't able to control is which character is going to, you'll have to control in each micro game. So that means like in one micro game, like Wario might be able to run and jump, but another character might have a jetpack, And so they're going to control very differently. And the way that you would be able to complete that micro game is, would be very different.
0: Right. Which means that for however many micro games there are in here, you just have to multiply that by the number of characters to really get at the di- the ver- huge variety of experiences that you'll have trying to play these games that last for like 4 seconds each <laughs> right it's so exciting and then take that
1: and almost like double it because with the uh, the co-op yes you know each of you can have your own will have your own set of 3 characters that could potentially have to be controlled in the micro game. It just sounds like such fun chaos, a really fun take on what WarioWare can be. I'm so excited for this. Yeah,
0: I, I'm, I'm also just absolutely thrilled with it. And again, um, it is interesting to me that this game, uh, much like the uh, Mario Party Superstar, is like, no, you're controlling this with buttons. Like These aren't motion control games. These aren't uh, like waggle games. There's no pointer controls. It's all you're controlling your little guy on the screen with the buttons on the Joy-Con.
1: I also love that it uh, the title potentially sounds like, "Hey, this is a long walk." But uh, imagine it. imagine it's like a, a sports movie about like an underdog sports team. One of the kids is uh, nicknamed WarioWare. This is the perfect line of dialogue: WarioWare, get,
0: get it, together. it together! Yeah, no, it's uh, this uh, for me. I, I know I already said Metroid Dread. Which I mean, I feel like just uh, eclipses it because it means we're part of history. Um, but like a WarioWare, just in terms of like pure game news, uh, this is so exciting—the most exciting. Yeah.
1: Up next was Shimagame Tensei
0: Five. Sure, looks like a Shimagame Tensei game.
1: <laughs> Presumably, I've never played one. <laughs> uh, November twenty-first worldwide, which is yeah. um, a first for the franchise. It was interesting in the little bit of Nintendo Treehouse Live that I saw where they were playing this. It was uh, still unlocalized, so basically, like oh, wow. the person playing the game was in Japanese, and he was just being like, "Oh, this is what this character is saying." Um, so I thought the trailer looked interesting. I don't know that I'm like super hyped for this.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm definitely. This is one I'm just gonna straight up skip. Um, but like you know, the this was uh the, the every now and then Nintendo gets like too deep into their descriptions uh, of the games in the direct where it's like yeah I get the enemies have weaknesses I get it like it's a video game um, and this was definitely one of those where like the they just showed it in a way where I was like okay I understand what this is but also like um, you know you start off as like a kid at a high school uh, like boarding school in, in Japan and then you get teleported off to this desert um, where demons and stuff are and it seemed like we were just in that sort of drab beige desert setting for the rest of the trailer, um, which doesn't like scream high adventure to me. It screams like uh, uh, technical limitations or um, budget limitations. So I don't know. Uh, For me, this didn't look great. Here's what I'm grateful for,
1: for Shin Tensei V. And and I, I think, you know, like other Atlas games, like I'm not saying that every Japanese developer is moving away from this sort of thing. But I liked how uh kind of like Japanese it is. Yes, like it feels very much like a j RPG, whereas I you know, you watch the Square Enix conference, you watch some of the other stuff, and it feels like um more and more companies are kind of like moving away from that and trying to appeal to uh audiences outside of Japan, which I can totally appreciate. But you know, like as a kid, I grew up loving Japanese games, loving Japanese RPGs. And so I am happy to see that that sort of thing is still being, like, developed and still, like, available.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, uh, it, like, moving past the point of, like, no, uh, the American audience isn't going to understand what, like, uh, a, a dumpling is or whatever. And, like, having to just change uh, lo- localized stuff uh, beyond recognition. Um, but uh, sort of in the same vein, we also got uh, uh, the an- announcement for Danganronpa Decadence. Um, which is a collection of uh, all three Danganronpa games, plus a like fleshing out of a board game that appears in Danganronpa Three. I, I, I it's assume it's like clear. a
1: triple triad type situation. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, I have never played any of these games, but I think they'd be right up my alley. Right? They're I think all so like too, murder yeah. mystery, like uh, adventure yeah. game type thing.
0: They're like murder mystery adventure game slash battle royale. Class- where- Slash, like, high school stuff yeah, going on? Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah, so another uh, Japanese high school game. Uh, weirdly, they said this is a physical exclusive to Nintendo Switch.
1: If we have a third one of these in the coming day, that's a trend, right? Yeah,
0: I think so. I mean, but this is just physical on, I don't know, it doesn't matter. <laughs> it, all four games are also available separately digitally on the Got eShop. It. Um, but it, uh, as a collection, it's only coming to Switch.
1: And only physically? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, cool. Well, I'm glad that the four games separately will be available on the eShop, because then I can just pick up, like, the first one or whatever. Yeah, and, see if you like it. Yeah, yeah, check it out. So, yeah, excited about that one. Another one that, like, I... When we talk about, like, Wii U games that are orphaned on the Wii U, I think everybody forgets about Fatal Frame, Maiden of Blackwater, which was, is a, um like, survival horror game that has an interesting history with Nintendo. The first like three or four games were all on PlayStation. And then in 2008, Nintendo started co-producing these games and publishing them, and they never uh, were released outside of Japan, but there was one for Wii. There was one for Nintendo DS that actually may have been, or sorry, 3DS, that may have been localized outside of Japan. But then there is this game, the Wii U one, um, Fatal Frame, Maiden of Black Water,
0: but and so this is a...
1: It was a, a Wii, U Wii U exclusive. Game. okay. Yeah, yeah, it was a Wii U exclusive that is now being released that Nintendo published and helped co-develop. That but is
0: never localized? But never localized. Okay, got it.
1: Yeah. And, but what's interesting is that even though it was a Wii U exclusive published by Nintendo, it is being released on all platforms. Oh. It is not a Nintendo Switch exclusive. This, like, re-release. So it's being re-released by Koei Tecmo um, on all platforms. So I don't know if it's like a wonderful 101 type situation where Nintendo's just like, and you can like right. fly free. I you release know. you. This game didn't like perform that great anyway, so we don't feel attached to it.
0: Right. But it does mean that uh, we got at least one Wii U port this year. So. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> there oh we my go. gosh,
1: that's right. Uh, this game is also going to be digital only on all platforms.
0: Uh, and then next up, we had uh, just a, another like quick rundown of uh, new games and sets of DLC that are coming out uh, relatively soon. Um, Doom Eternal The Ancient Gods Part 1, which is available today. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 1 Plus 2 Remake on June 25th. And The Strange Brigade, which is uh, available uh, later today. Uh, I've watched The Direct twice now. I couldn't tell you anything about Strange Brigade. It's like a co-op. You're fighting a witch. Dungeon crawler type
1: thing. It's not really clear. Um, Up next, they showed off a trailer for Mario Plus Rabbids Sparks of Hope, which of course was revealed at the Ubisoft Forward Conference just a few days earlier.
0: Still very excited about this. Uh, I don't think we saw anything new there, Um, but it'll be exciting when we get to hear more about this game. And then it was followed by uh sort of a mind-blowing
1: i i couldn't believe it i didn't (laughs) see this one coming for sure
0: look we made a lot of predictions and a lot of them were wrong uh but uh, we were nowhere near guessing that they were going to release Advance wars one plus two reboot camp on december 3rd
1: reimagined and rebuilt from the ground up these are remakes of the Game Boy Advance games? That's right. Um, Advance Wars, Advance Wars 2, they were originally created by Intelligent Systems. Uh, these ports are actually developed by Way Forward with Intelligent oh, Systems and Nintendo kind of like overseeing it. Um, this looks, I mean, I'll be honest, I miss the pixel art so do I. from the originals, but I feel like the, the art style in this is fun and it's very expressive.
0: Yeah, well, and it's, uh, in, in moving it from uh, pixel art to 3D, it means they're also uh, preparing it for like widescreen display yeah. as well. Like um, if they were just straight up, because I, I, play, uh, I played both of these games a little bit on my uh, Wii U, um, which works great on the gamepad, but looks insane when you put it up on the TV. <laughs> so this is one of those uh, instances where I'm like, okay, all right, we, we can't always just use the, the pixel art.
1: Totally. And I think like if you are going to reintroduce a game, games like this uh, to modern audiences, I think you need an updated presentation. It actually kind of totally. reminds me a little bit of the makeover that Mega Man got yeah. for Mega Man 11. Mm-hmm. Um, it still has that like very cartoony aesthetic, but in a fully realized like 3D form. Yeah, absolutely. And this is also
0: a, one where like, you know, we, you can uh, rag on Nintendo for like, you know, m- milking their, the sort of nostalgia button over and over again. Um, and this is definitely that, right? Like they're bringing back old games. Um, but old games that we sorta of thought they'd moved on from and or totally. had forgotten, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Cause again, Intelligent Systems was the uh the creators of this franchise, but they have kind of become like the Paper Mario and um Fire Emblem. Fire Emblem and of course uh, of course codename Steam. Of know, course House. codename Steam. And so I love
0: that 20 years from now, we'll be like, and there is a codename Steam 2? We thought they forgot about this but, game. Okay,
1: but my, the mind reels now. Now that, um, yeah. you know, we have seen the Mercury Steam uh, game plan in action, right? Yes. Where there was, like, the remake of uh, Samus Returns, and then now, a few years later, we are seeing a brand new game. I do wonder um, if yes. Advance Wars is no longer uh, relegated to history, if this, like, series does well especially if it's, it's way forward developing it. Honestly, I have the same thought about uh, Famicom Detective Club. Yes. Because uh, there was an interview with uh, a developer from, maybe it was the producer of the games, from Mages, who is the developer who uh, actually did the remake, saying that he would love to create another one. And, and as Nintendo is working with more and more third parties on this kind of stuff, and yeah. they're not relying on their own internal resources, it feels much more possible than it did in the past.
0: Yeah, totally. And like, that's the sort of thinking, and even if we had been talking about uh, Famicom Detective Club a couple weeks ago, and you'd been like, oh yeah, I wonder if these do well enough if they'll make a new one, it'd have been like, okay, that's too straight a line, that makes too much sense. But now we have seen, with Metroid Dread be- be- being birthed into this reality, um, that like all things are possible and, now. Yeah,
1: and like uh, yeah, I'd, just to keep reiterating this, because I think it is so potentially instructive for the future, that it is like thir- a third party yes. that Nintendo has partnered with to, or third party for now. Who knows? Maybe they'll like end up buying them like they did. Uh, uh, level up game. Le-
0: no level. Level five is not right. No, it is. It's the Luigi's Mansion developer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh uh-huh. Uh, next level. Next level game. Next level That's games. Right. Uh, we did it. We got there. <laughs> um. Also, uh, yeah. I'm get. I'm. I'm going to stop trying to make myself play the original Game Boy Advance version of these of these games. I'm going to play the the reboot camp when when it comes out.
1: And it's another it's another one that I think makes a ton of sense on the Switch having that like hybrid format yes. because this is primarily a like handheld franchise. And so while I'm sure it'll play fine like great on the TV, um, just yeah, like it's home is just like Metroid will, yeah. yeah, like it it feels right at home uh, in your hands.
0: Um, what a cool time for uh, the sort of handheld style of games, right, like with uh, Samus Returns and this, um, basically getting brand new life uh, on, uh, on, on the Switch. Um, so it's something that uh, I like, maybe we're finally seeing the um, consolidation of the like two different development teams or two different development strategies uh, and we're seeing the handheld games and the console games Uh, Both on the system at the same time. Yeah,
1: just like with the twist in a way that I didn't really expect, which is that again, like being developed outside of Nintendo. Yeah, with like Nintendo overseeing and being really involved with the development.
0: I Um, love it. More third parties, please. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Two, uh, two things to mention on Advance Wars. One is a plug for an episode we did a while back where we, uh, definitively determined the greatest Nintendo RPG hero of all time. Of course, Andy from Advance Wars showed up in that episode maybe not a strong showing necessarily no but I, I don't think we up. knew a whole lot about advance wars <laughs> and then uh, yeah. the second thing is that in Treehouse Live when they were playing advance Wars um one plus two reboot camp they mentioned that online play is going to be a part of it uh not a lot else was said I think possibly it was for this that they said it was four players but I might huh. have been mistaken that might have been a different game but online play for sure is part of this. Um, the other part might just be my bad memory.
0: Uh, very cool. I also expect that we will hear more about this game in an upcoming direct, December 3rd is a while. Yeah. From now, we, we will absolutely get another Big holiday United
1: game, now. Advanced Wars 1 and 2.
0: <laughs> reboot Camp, how do you feel about that, that name? Uh, love it. Does it feel, because Reboot to me implies the beginning of something new. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I would say, uh, you know, Advanced Wars 3, all but confirmed. <laughs> um, all right, Mark, we've been screwing around for like an hour. Let's get into uh, the Zelda stuff, which is hosted by Eiji Uh Looking great, as always. Uh, what a handsome man. I love the way, I love his presence on screen. Well, oh,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. And I love that he has become like the, uh, s- like, he gets his own s- segment. Yes. Of, uh, on his of, own of set. Nintendo yeah. Directs. Yeah, a very, like, somber-looking black background. I do want to say, before we get to Aonuma, um the way this is introduced is that Takahashi and Koizumi are like and like hope you've like everything you've seen here's like the last thing we have to show today. Yes. And it goes directly into a trailer for um Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity DLC before we see Aonuma. So it's just like here's yeah, the that's last right. thing we that's have right. to, we have to show you and then it, and then it goes right into Age of Calamity DLC and at that moment I knew we were getting a trailer for Breath of the Wild too. Because I was like, there is no, no way. way that they no are ending way. the show yeah. on um, DLC for a uh, Hyrule Warriors.
0: Um which the and the the DLC uh, I it got a name, I think is the the first time that we've seen a name for uh Wave One, which mm-hmm. is Pulse of the Ancients. Um and it revealed the new playable character is a guardian, yeah. uh, which is rad. Um, and then the new uh, weapon for Link is like a guardian leg, which he just seems to like snap <laughs> open. And there's some like magical sinewy thing. Just, I don't know. It looked crazy. It almost made me want to like pick the game back up. And it comes out on Friday. Not yeah, that long. Real soon. Um, which, okay. So this is all fine. Then Aonuma uh, shows up and is like, hey, so we've got some Zelda stuff to, to talk about. Um, first, as you know, of course, Legend of Zelda Skyward Sword uh, HD is coming out on July 16th. Uh, no real news here. No. Um, uh, mentioned the playing with the uh, either motion controls or controlling the uh, sword with the right thumbstick. Um, no other mentions of uh, quality of life improvements. Uh, so I don't think there are any in this game.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't I can't remember in the lead up to like Wind Waker H D or Twilight Princess H D if they really spent a they lot did, of time. Yeah. Did they I, spend like, a lot of time like talking about what they updated? I, I
0: don't know if they spent a lot of time, but they definitely said like you will have you will have to collect fewer uh tiers of and light. I remember they were like,
1: We sped up the boat.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean like all yeah. of these they they were very like upfront with that stuff. And also we didn't see the um the Skyward Sword Amiibo in this, which again is fine. Like it's already been announced. That wouldn't be news here either. Um, But they're just sort of like, I think they're to the point where they're just ready to push this thing out and be done with it. I think so too.
1: I still think that there are going to be like changes to the game that they aren't like advertising. Sure. Um, But yeah, I, I agree that it seems like, like, yeah, they're just ready for Skyward Sword to be released
0: uh then aonuma revealed the legend of zelda game and watch uh in celebration sort of invent in celebration of the 35th anniversary of the zelda series in acknowledgement i in would acknowledge say. Yeah. he i mean he says the series has reached its 35th year here is this uh zelda game and watch um kind of careful not to say this is a result of that right um but then also says, and this is a, a, a thing that I flagged, and I was like, uh-oh. Totally. Um, he says, we have no other campaigns or Nintendo Switch games planned for in celebration of the anniversary. Do we believe that? I, I do believe
1: it. I, I feel like Nintendo does not lie to us. Nintendo does not like directly lie to us, and it, Like, I don't think there's any reason for him to say that unless it is true. Unless it is to manage expectations.
0: So, that would mean no Wind Waker HD, no Twilight Princess HD, no Ocarina of Time HD, no Majora's Mask. None of these, like, rumored, upscaled Zelda games. Those would be new Switch titles. Yeah,
1: I I mean, and I still think, like, I, I can see the logic of them doing that if for, like, a 35th anniversary... But I also think there's no good way to do it if you're releasing Skyward Sword right now. Like, yeah, it's just too it's uh it's just too much Zelda, I yeah, think, totally to be the like, games take too long to play. To be like, yeah, here's like a Skyward Sword. here's Wind Waker HD, here's Twilight Princess HD. We're rolling this all out like in the next eight months. like it, it I under I can totally understand why they're like, no, we're just going to do Skyward Sword HD and not to get ahead of ourselves too much. Based on the tiny bit that we see in Breath of the Wild, uh, the sequel to Breath of the Wild, and how uh, the sky plays such a large part in the like, yeah. 90 seconds that we saw, I do also wonder if um, Skyward Sword is on the brain at Nintendo on like Aonuma's team right now, and that it is almost a deliberate choice yeah. that like Skyward Sword is being showcased right now.
0: Yeah, I would believe that. Um, okay, so back to the Zelda Game & Watch. Um, it is not, as I at one point hypothesized, the uh, dual-screen, like, clamshell uh, Zelda Game & Watch. It looks a lot like the uh, Mario one, except with green in the place of red, um, and it plays uh, The Legend of Zelda, Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link, and uh, The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, which is a, an incredible little uh, array of games. It also features the Game & Watch game Vermin with Link as a playable character. It's like a whack-a-mole style game. Um, and it has both a regular clock and a stopwatch. And the uh, they're both playable. Um, and the playable theme on the clock is uh, the original Zelda and the stopwatch is Zelda 2. Um, another totally superfluous $50 um, Nintendo toy uh, that I pre-ordered immediately.
1: (laughs) This one, this one actually feels very much like when they did the game and watch for uh, Mario's 35th anniversary, that felt like a special, like cool, like, whoa, that's so like weird. Like it doesn't really make sense. What's happening. Like the mashup between these two things, but okay. Yeah, I'm totally going for it. This one feels to me almost like they're just like, we know that this is almost obligatory. Right. We know that like we're, just kind of doing this because we know collectors are going to buy it right like our heart their hearts do not feel in this one to me
0: um but it's still cool (laughs) (laughs) i mean i i don't disagree with anything you're saying um but it's still at least as cool as the mario game and watch um which you know i mean i i don't get much use out of it anymore um but like I don't know. I'm starting back uh, work again in an office tomorrow. I will bring the Mario Game & Watch uh, and put it on my desk.
1: Well, and maybe you'll be able to use this one as a clock because you can't really use the Mario one as you, like, an actual clock, right? You can
0: if you have it plugged in. The mm-hmm. plug is in a weird place, so like it, it becomes a little bit prohibitive. Um, so, yeah, I mean, you, you could use either of these as, as clocks. I liked
1: the, uh, the way he showed this off where like he pulled it out of his breast pocket yeah and uh his he's wearing this like very stylish like white just crisp a like, handsome man like button down shirt that yeah. has like the Legend of Zelda logo, yeah. on the pocket. It was just a very smooth reveal
0: um do you think Nintendo has more of these in them, or is is this it Mario gets one Zelda gets one I mean, it's an easy fifty bucks it is an easy fifty bucks. you get it out of me, no problem <laughs> every time once a year. I'm there <laughs> um all right, uh. Then the uh, last look of anything that we see here is a trailer for the sequel to The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Um, We don't have a name for the game yet. Uh, They are not calling it Breath of the Wild 2, at least not uh, officially. Um, And uh, we saw this trailer. Mark, what did you think of the trailer? I thought it was cool. Yep.
1: But um, I was not blown away. Like I'm still really excited for this game, but the trailer didn't really do anything, uh, one way or the other for that excitement.
0: Yeah, there were, there were a couple moments of like surprise and excitement during that trailer, but I would say generally speaking, it doesn't touch the first trailer that we saw yeah. for Breath of the Wild two two years ago.
1: Yeah, yeah, I yeah I completely agree. I think um, okay, two things. One that uh, I I. What we saw looks simultaneously different, but also very much like Breath of the Wild. Uh-huh. And that was almost, like, not a bummer, but it just like, didn't do anything for my excitement. Because, uh, obviously, I loved Breath of the Wild. It's pro- maybe like my favorite gameplay and experience of all time. Um, and I am so excited for more of it. But I also need it to be, like, different. You know what I mean? Yeah. And there wasn't enough in this trailer that felt like
0: unique. Yeah, well it's it's interesting, right? Cuz so okay. Um I think one of the things, one of the sort of like lingering questions that we had from the uh, original trailer, two of them, right? Uh one is like does this game take place like underground and is Zelda a like main part or like playable character? at the very beginning of this trailer, she <laughs> falls into a pit and you never see her again for the rest of the trailer, right?
1: Yeah. Is it weird that they never show, like, Link's face in this entire trailer?
0: Oh, that's interesting.
1: No, I'm not saying that you play as Zelda. I feel like Mark's Nintendo's Mark's saying done. you play as Zelda. I, I, I don't think that I, uh, it might have just been, like, an editing choice, but yeah. it is, like, deliberately you never see, like, Link's face.
0: Yeah. And the first that we do see of Link, or presumably the, the hero that you're playing as in, in this game. He is falling from the sky wearing, like, a toga or something. Yeah, and it imme- he, immediately made me think, like, ooh, those, like,
1: immortal phoenix rising. Like, you know. Uh- I mean, I was thinking Kid Icarus Uprising because <laughs> oh,
0: yeah. we, we just played that game. Um, and Link's got this, like, mechanical junk on his arm. Yeah,
1: we see a, uh, a early in the trailer, we see, like, the bl- black and, like, red glowing, like, tendrils yeah. um, that are kind of, like, coming up out of the earth. We see them wrapping themselves around his head. Arm. Okay. So that's what I'm assuming it is. Like he's like damaged some. It like is damaged some way, or he gets power some way. Is what I took from that. Yeah.
0: I mean, it 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 looks to me like he's got a like you know that ancient technology from Breath of the Wild Mm -hmm. is like a gauntlet on his arm. Yeah. He's wielding some manner of power from that, and whether that's like the replacement for the Sheikah Slate in this, like that's how he's accessing Mm -hmm. the runes. He has a power glove. He has the power glove. It's so bad. (laughs) Um. And yeah. So we see we see what appear to be like two different Sheikah powers. That's just what I perceived it. any Right. Um, through the course of this trailer. And one is like a time rewinding, uh, feature where it's like a, a, ball rolling at, uh, a big metal ball rolling at link. Um, and then he can like reverse the time on it. So it like flies backwards. Um, which feels a little bit in line with both the, like the time freezing and the magnesis, uh, powers from the first game. Um, and then we also see link, which this also may be tied to um rewinding time uh but like phase through a like rock platform yeah he like falls up through it falls
1: up. almost like liquid yes yeah
0: um so i wonder if uh they are removing the four original physics powers in in the first game and replacing them with four other physics powers which could be enough to fundamentally change link's relationship to the world
1: yeah and then um they also, like, so much of it takes place, like, in the sky. Yeah. Like, in the air. Well,
0: on, like, floating islands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Which, again, very Skyward swordish, which makes, again, me wonder if there is going to be some sort of... Uh, the tie is closer than we realize between the two. Um, I think, w- again, like, what I loved so much about Breath of the Wild was exploring the world. Yeah. And while I am 99% confident that the Hyrule that you explore in this game is going to be there's going to be like a ton new in it and so it'll yeah. basically be like an entirely new map maybe it'll be that the existing the hyrule that we know from the first game exists on the lower level and then there's like an entire upper level for you to like explore that is the one part that i'm kind of like i'm really holding out out for like for more information where yeah. it's just like what exactly is the exploration aspect of this because that was so important to my experience of Breath of the Wild that like uh, I my hope is that it's not like diminished in the second game.
0: Well, I mean, one of the things that we do see in this trailer is, and we saw in the original trailer too, is Ganon's castle uh, being like lifted out of the ground and like coming into the sky, which implies to me that the floating islands around in the sky are pieces of Hyrule mm-hmm. that have been like lifted up out of the ground. So whatever is down there now. Would be like unrecognizable from what had been down there before, and maybe we would see some of those same like formations that we played around in the first game up in the oh, sky. Oh, got it. So it's almost and, like, like separated the and, of, yeah. and jumbled. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And maybe there is also like a. I mean, what we've seen from the first two trailers, like into the catacombs, like, totally part of it,
0: um, which is sort of present in the original game too. Like there are gorges and stuff yeah, where there that's are true. like temples and stuff like that. Um, twenty twenty two. Yep at least i yeah al numa said we are aiming for 2022 which uh, you know at, at 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 uh it made me a little bit nervous and then i was like you know what girl take your time like
1: also it makes me think like yeah the scope of this yeah, must huge. be huge um yeah i i mean oh the other thing i was going to say is the fact that they keep uh, referring to this as the sequel to breath of the wild and not like breath of the wild 2 um it does make me wonder where in like breath of the wild timeline this is going to fall yeah there... and possibly
0: even the greater zelda timeline yeah because like um as as it is right now breath of the wild i believe is like the far-flung future for like all the zelda timelines uh so far in the future that it's sort of after they've merged back into one um and i wonder with all of the sky stuff if there's a link back to um skyward sword which is canonically the first game in the right. series I wonder if we're closing a time loop here, Mark.
1: <laughs> well, and like Link, uh, is wearing like a n- new tunic in a yep. lot of it, right? It looks much more uh, ancient Greek, you know, almost like toga-like, which at least has to me has those connotations of it being like ancient, like back in yeah. time. Um, but it is the same like Zelda, presumably from um Link to the or Breath of the Wild. So, but yeah, could be. Time travel, who knows yeah, like it's very exciting mm-hmm. um
0: it's uh I, I we are still so far away and have seen so little of this game um that you know i i don't think we truly have any idea what what the game is yet, totally like just none um and to to your point, uh I can see where that makes this not the most exciting thing to be shown during a, a presentation, uh especially when we've already seen Metroid dread, we're already part of history mark um that uh this well very exciting um will be exciting again in a future direct and i just want to experience that excitement over this excitement yeah again like the
1: reveal was so huge so huge and then th- this is like
0: okay it's still coming yeah you know yes
1: but it's coming not for a while and um and i you get the feeling that we're not going to see this baby for a long time right mm-hmm. like i can't imagine they're going to Pull it out in September or in like December. I think like the next time we probably hear something. E three twenty twenty two. Like when they're getting ready to kind of roll it out.
0: Yeah. Um. All right, Mark. That we've gotten to the end of this Nintendo Direct. We have talked about it now for longer than it uh, was actually uh, airing. I think almost by double. Yep. Um. Uh, do you uh, any any further any uh, conclusions to draw? Um. About. Uh, the year off that Nintendo took from doing uh, e- E3 presentations, um, uh, whether we can expect another Nintendo Direct between now and the next time they do this, um, or just how it compared to other uh, E3 presentations.
1: I felt like so many of the other E3 presentations, even the Microsoft one, which I thought was the uh, another very good E3 presentation, it was very clear to me how much COVID had affected these yeah. schedules, where it was like, everything Microsoft felt like it was 2022. Um, Capcom just wanted to talk about the stuff that was already out. And so I think not a lot of people have confidence in their 2021 release schedule um, and are looking to 2022. And so in that sense, I actually thought Nintendo's presentation was like pretty good because um, they've already talked about some stuff that's coming in 2022, like Splatoon 3, you yep. know, Breath of the Wild 2, maybe. Um, but the stuff that's coming for 2021, like, I wouldn't really expect in a good, like, regular year for Nintendo to have much more than this coming. Yep. And if they do do another Direct, like, maybe
0: maybe the, maybe that there's one more, like, game out there for the yeah. year. Well, and e- even, like, seeing this stuff and the other games that are coming out, like, immediately, there's still a... The Pokemon remakes are, like, right on the horizon, too. Yeah, and uh, that's such a good point.
1: Because when you look at, like, Nintendo's fall. It is like pretty fleshed out now. Like yeah. sure, do we have something for August like maybe not, but uh September, October, November and now
0: uh, December. you have something at
1: the beginning of December. Yeah. It's like, oh yeah, like their schedule is pretty full.
0: Yeah, I mean it, it's starting to look like 2019 to me, right? The uh the year when we were getting Astral Chain, Damon X Machina, Fire Emblem, uh Pokémon uh, Sword and Shield, Luigi's Mansion 4, um Link's Awakening where it's just like all of these games which are big, not like you know, not not the, yeah. like, blow you away sort of thing. And, like, this is that plus Metroid Dread. Yeah, you're right.
1: Because I think 2019 was the year I was like, uh, yeah, this is all good. But Nintendo has, like, one more thing looming. I can feel yeah. it. Yeah. And they didn't. And I think that this is a similar thing. But I am impressed with how much they have in 2021. Yeah, me com- too. Like, compared to other people, their E3 presentations felt like, we have some stuff coming, but it's really coming. Whereas I feel like Nintendo really flushed out their year well.
0: Yeah. And I think as, especially in compared to uh, 2020, which, you know, 2020, whatever, um, where like really all they put out uh, like big and earth shattering was Animal Crossing. And that was appropriately earth shattering, right? Like that was the biggest game of the year. Um, and then like just sort of like drips and drabs to like sort of keep the fan base going. It seems like the back half of 2021 is making up for that.
1: Yeah, like, you know, it doesn't have a new Legend of Zelda. It doesn't have a new Mario, but... It's
0: got a new 2D Metroid. (laughs) It
1: has a lot of, I think, like, solid, like, uh, triples.
0: Yeah. And the home run that is Metroid Dread. (laughs) All right, Mark, (laughs) let's close out this conversation. Of course, that is just what we thought and felt about the uh, Nintendo E3 Direct for twenty. 21 if you have any thoughts that you would like to share with us please email us at nintendo cartridge society at gmail.com um did you fall into any of the uh mad pre-order rush uh to grab any of this stuff um i was not able to get my hands on the uh metroid amiibo but i think that's for the best i don't need them right it's always ebay there's look no <laughs> everything's so expensive on eBay. Um. All right, Mark, that's going to do it for this episode of Nintendo Cartridge Society. Remember, please rate, review, and follow us on Apple Podcasts. If you like the episode, please share it on Facebook or Twitter. Um, it helps us out when you do that. You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at Patrick underscore Ellers. Mark is at MKE Mitchell, and the show is at Nintendo Cart Society. We also have a Facebook page, which is just Nintendo Cartridge Society. Olivia Duncan made our logo. Our theme music is provided by 8 Betty. You can get more of his music by going to 8BitBetty.com or by listening right now. For my co-host, Mark Mitchell, this is Patrick Ellers saying Advance Wars is back. And thank you for listening. Hey, it's Mia. Hey, it's Allie. And we host the Rom-Com Review Podcast, P.S. I Love rom coms each week, we'll have incredible guests come and discuss a new rom-com, grand gestures, meet-cutes, and, of course, that elusive chemistry. Mia, what are you doing holding that giant boombox over your head? I'm hoping to win over listeners with this grand gesture. Take us back! Find a new episode every week. And subscribe on Apple
1: Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Brought to you by Campfire Media. Wow, you're uh, still holding that boom box. Yeah, I've got great upper body strength. Thanks, CrossFit. P.S. Yes. I love rom-coms. I love rom-coms.
0: Campfire.